This is day two of our look together through Revelation chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 8 through 11 today and tomorrow. As we look at these verses, I want you to have the sense all through these weeks that you're sitting down with Jesus Christ. What if you could sit down with Jesus face to face? And you start the conversation this way. Jesus, I'm always talking to you about what's important to me and about what's happening in my life. That seems to be all that I pray about. It seems, Jesus, like I never take the time to listen. So this time, I'm going to keep my mouth shut, and I want to hear what you have to say for a change. Jesus, what is it that is most important to you? What is it that you're really concerned about? What do you think you would hear if you asked Jesus that kind of question? We see it here in Revelation chapter 2 and Revelation chapter 3 as he speaks to these churches. And in Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 to 11, we hear what Jesus says to a suffering church. Let me read those verses. To the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. This is what Jesus says to a suffering church. With Ephesians, what Jesus says to a busy church, he said, keep first things first. In Smyrna, what does Jesus say to a suffering church? He says, look up and look ahead. There are five encouragements that Jesus gives to this church that encourage you and I today when we face difficulties and troubles and trials and suffering. These are particularly to the church in Smyrna. Now, Smyrna is a church that's 35 miles up the coast to the north of Ephesus, and it's described in the history books as one of the most beautiful of these seven cities. Smyrna is at the end of the road which served the valley of the river Hermes, and it's beautiful, protected harbor area, and that protected harbor area made it into a wealthy city. In fact, it called itself the glory of Asia. The coins in Smyrna had the inscription on them, first in Asia in beauty and in size. Smyrna had a famous street called the Golden Street. It was a beautiful place with incredible landmarks on it. Some of the landmarks were temples of idols. There were temples to Cybele and Apollo and Asclepios and Aphrodite and Zeus. But also along this golden street, there was a famous stadium, a library, the largest theater in Asia Minor. And here in the middle of this incredible, incredible city, there's this small, poor, persecuted church. And the story to me is, it is their story that lasted. You wouldn't know about Smyrna. We wouldn't be talking about Smyrna except that this church was there. It's not the idol's temple or the golden street or the coins or their pride in themselves that lasts. It is the story of this church. All the darkness in the world cannot quench even the smallest light. That's what was happening in Smyrna. And what did Jesus have to say to them? It's what he says to his church today, what he says to you today as we face suffering. We all face suffering. We all know people that face suffering in our own family and around the world. We all know believers that face suffering in our own family and around the world. What does Jesus have to say to us? Five things. First thing he says is this, I know. I love those words. I know your afflictions and your poverty. I know. 
Again and again, those words come up. I know what you're facing. When you are suffering, when someone that you love is suffering, remember this, Jesus knows what you're going through. He sees it all. There's not a thing that can happen to you that he does not know about. There are some phrases that will never come out of God's mouth. God will never say, well, I didn't see that one coming. He knows. He'll never say, well, that was a total shock to me. He knows. God never says, run that by me again. I didn't quite get that one. He knows. He understands it all. Jesus knows what you're going through, and Jesus understands what you're going through. This word here, know, the Greek word oida, it has the idea of knowledge that comes through personal experience. Jesus knows. He knows what it feels like to be falsely accused. He knows what it means to be beaten without a just cause. He knows, he knows the feeling of being ridiculed when he should have been honored. He knows what it means to have those with a fleeting power act with stupidity and send him to a cross. Jesus understands suffering. And if you, if somebody you love is going through suffering right now, Jesus knows. That's the first thing he says. The second thing he says is this. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid of suffering. There's a part of you, I hope, that at least has to go through something in your mind to get to a reality because the truth of the matter is I don't like suffering. I get nervous when I go to the dentist. I hate pulling a splinter out of one of my children's fingers. So how am I not going to be afraid of suffering or persecution? Jesus isn't saying here to pretend that suffering doesn't hurt because it does. He isn't telling us to act as if suffering isn't hard, because it is. He is saying that you can be sure. Don't be afraid, because you can be sure that ultimately he will not let you down. You don't have to be afraid of a weaker power. Now, for some of us, what we have to watch out for is we have to be watching out for being afraid of being afraid. We have to watch out for worry. We have to watch out for the idea that I might have to face a suffering out in the future. And Jesus is warning us here, don't be afraid, don't worry. I can't tell you how many people have said something to me like this. I was afraid of getting cancer until I got it. And then I realized that God would walk with me through it. It was hard, it hurt, but God walked with me. I was afraid of losing my spouse. I was afraid of losing my job. I was afraid of something happening in the life of my kids. But then when I faced it, it hurt deeply. But I discovered in the midst of the suffering that Jesus is there. He gives me the strength when I need it. I cannot tell you what you will have to suffer. I know that we all suffer in this world. Heaven is a place, there's no more suffering. In this world, it's not perfect, so we all suffer to one degree or another. I can't tell you what you'll have to suffer, but I can guarantee you that whatever you suffer, he will be there. He will give you the strength that you need. Now, how do you get there? How do you live there? How can you be sure of that? How do you build that kind of confidence? It's one thing to say, don't be afraid. It's another thing to say, how do I not be afraid? John Stott, in taking a look at these verses, talks about seven specific truths about Jesus in these verses. That's how you build the confidence. You get back to the truth about Jesus and who he is. You get back to the truth about Jesus and what he's doing in your life. The seven truths that John Stott brings out of these verses about Jesus are these. Number one, he is eternal. He's the first and last. Number two, he is victorious. He died and came to life again. Number three, he is all-knowing. He says, I know. Number four, he is wise. He also understands. Number five, he is sovereign. 
He is in control of every circumstance. Number six, he is purposeful. Even in the difficulties, he has a plan. And number seven, he is generous. He is looking forward. He is looking forward to giving you the crown of life. So if you're going through suffering right now, and maybe you think, well, it's not that bad. It's not as bad as these believers were facing. It's not as bad as believers around the world are facing. It's what you're facing. So instead of discounting it, let's deal with it. If you're going through suffering right now, if somebody that you love is going through suffering right now, through some problem, through some relationship, how are you going to not be afraid? Remember these seven truths about Jesus. Let me say them again, but this time listen to them in light of what you're facing. In light of what you're facing right now, remember this, Jesus is eternal. In light of that circumstance that's in your life, remember this, Jesus is victorious. Remember that Jesus is all-knowing. Jesus is wise. He can give you direction. Jesus is sovereign. He can work good even in the midst of this. That's how powerful he is, even the evil that Satan throws at us. He's eternal, victorious, all-knowing, wise, sovereign. Remember that Jesus is purposeful. He's working his purpose in your life. And remember that he is generous. Suffering is not all that we experience. We look forward to the crown of life and an eternity with him. Now, in light of that, let's talk to him. Jesus Christ, thank you for who you are. I see the circumstances around me. They're right in my face. And sometimes that's all I see. Forgive me when I forget who you are because that's the reality that's going to last. That's the reality that I'm going to be a part of for all of eternity. So right now, in the light of what I'm facing, I remember who you are, Jesus Christ. Thank you that you're the eternal, victorious, all-knowing, wise, sovereign, purposeful, generous God. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. And tomorrow, we're going to finish our look at what we can learn from the church in Smyrna. Mm -hmm.